If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to the book of Hebrews as we are doing our journey through this wonderful book. And last Sunday we looked at, uh, and just sum it up, that uh, the Lord Jesus is just better. He's better than the angels. And so we looked at that and we also noticed that when you uh, start to read this letter, uh, he's not, he, doesn't, he just cuts to the chase. And then he's, he, this is how he introduces it. God. Hey, that's enough said right there, isn't it? And we looked at he's a holy God and uh, he's a, a God to be worshipped and to be praised. And uh, we looked at uh, what they are thinking about angels and how they were getting to where they were worshiping angels. And having said all of that, we now move to chapter 2. And we're going to be looking at verses 1 through 4 tonight. If you had to put a title on this uh, uh, evening's message, it would be a very simple one. Slip sliding away. There was a song back uh, some years ago. Uh, many of you that are uh, of age would, uh, would remember the song, Sitting on the Dock of the Bay. Y'all remember that song? Yeah, we got a bunch of old folks here tonight. <laughs> and that song, he talks about he's just sitting there at the dock watching time roll away. Well, here as we come to uh, Hebrews chapter 2, it's a warning to us that we need to be very careful that if we're not paying close attention, we can let some things slip by us. We can neglect some things. Understand also, he's writing not about rejection. He's writing about neglection. He's writing to believers. And he's giving us a warning and he's saying... You need to pay close attention to the things that you have heard. Sometimes we uh, come and if we've been in the faith for quite some time, we've heard message after message and we've heard Sunday school lesson after Sunday school lesson. If we're not careful, we'll say, well, I've heard that before. And we just kind of let some things that needed to prick our ears and, and to speak to us uh, because we think that we've heard it before, we just let some things slide by. Well, I've come to understand that the Word of God is the living Word of God. And you can read a text numerous times, and if you're paying close attention, you're going to see some things that you've never seen before. It's the living Word. Now, having said all of that, uh, I also have been quite blessed today. I was blessed uh, uh, when the invitation was given. We had a, a young uh, a man come and uh, gave his heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. He got saved in Sunday school. Now, this is not in my notes. This is all free of charge. But the last time I checked, the Sunday school was the evangelistic arm of the church. When's the last time you heard somebody getting saved in Sunday school? You don't hear a lot about that, do you? Could it be that maybe, I'm just throwing it out there, maybe we've neglected some things 
And we just assume that those who are coming to our class, they've already got everything settled. And so we don't say a whole lot about coming to have a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but I got convicted of that. And I need to start to give, uh, uh, be more earnest about, and I need to be uh, more uh, careful about that uh, there could be a lost person in your Sunday school class. And what a tragic situation it would be that that lost person's in your class and you neglected some things because you assumed some things and then you have somebody that's lost leaves your Sunday school class the same way. Now I'm just throwing it out there. This is what we're talking about here. The, the young man that got saved this morning, his teammate, another child, is the one that invited him to come to church. I'm blessed by that. I'm also blessed because we just witnessed a, a young man getting baptized. And I just talked to his mom uh, and uh, I was told that uh, the kids in the neighborhood come and uh, play some basketball there. And the other day she looked out and she saw that he had grabbed his Bible and he was out there witnessing to him on the basketball court. I'm blessed by that. I mean, is it in, and I'm grateful that we, are, that we have children that are growing up that understand and have not neglected the main thing. The main thing is to evangelize the lost and edify the saints. And could it be, could it be that we've gotten so comfortable that we've let some things slip away? Well, here with that, we see the Bible, and we're in Hebrews chapter 2, verse number 1. Listen to what the Word says. Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him. Then verse number four, God also bearing them witness hath with signs and wonders and with divers uh, miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to to his own will. By God's grace, we're going to preach a message entitled, Slip Sliding Away. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the reading of your word. We thank you for the power of your word. Lord, thank you for stirring me. Lord, I just needed to be reminded of some things. Some things that I should have known and, and do know, but sometimes we get so busy doing busy things that we neglect some things that are very meaningful. 
and things that we should be paying close attention to. Lord, I pray tonight that there some, if there's someone here that has never trusted you, Lord, I understand it's a Sunday night crowd. But it could be that someone has slipped in and they've never had a personal relationship with you. Lord Jesus, I pray the convicting power of the Holy Spirit is upon them like it's never has been before. And they'll get uh, things settled with you. They'll get saved before the night's over with. Lord, I also know that there are many who are secure in their salvation. Their testimony is they know that their salvation is a great salvation. But could it be there are some of us here tonight that have neglected some things, not intentionally, but because of life, things happen and we kind of got a little drifted away. Lord, I pray that you would help us to recognize that error, get that corrected and get back in the boat so that we can go into deeper waters with you. And Lord, we love you tonight. And we already know how much you love us because you went to Calvary on our behalf. You died for our sins. You, you shed your blood for the remission of our sin. You've given us a promise that we could have eternal life, abundant life. And Lord, you've promised us that you're coming and you're coming soon. And we thank you for that. And we pray all of this in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Here, as we've already made mention, uh, the writer of Hebrews, and we're not going to get into that uh, debate or all that, a whole lot we can say about that. But uh, here we understand the writer of the Hebrew, he's uh, making reference to believers. How do we know that? When verse number one, he uses that word we three times just in that one verse. And so he's talking to believers here. As I've made mention already, he's not talking about those who've rejected salvation. He's talking to those who have received salvation, but whatever the case may be, they've started to neglect some things. We've already talked about uh, in the beginning of the letter where uh, they were getting a little off track because Judaizers were coming into the church and Judaizers were taking them back to the law. Also, uh, there were those who uh, put angels a little higher than they uh, should have been. They were even worshiping angels. And so there's a lot of things that were going on. It was starting to creep into the church. I want you to understand that many of our churches today, uh, they can be the theologically straight. Uh, they could have the, all the doctrinal issues uh, taken care of. Uh, they're doing everything right. But if they're not careful, uh, some things will slip into the fellowship. And the next thing you know, uh, you've got a mess on your hands. And then you also uh, come to realize what we talked about last week. We start to take a little... Uh, we're not... Um, as reverent as we ought to be. We've kind of gone ahead and watered down the holiness of God. And when you start to do all of that, you start to lose the impact that you can make in the community in which you live. You start to lose that Holy Ghost power because we've let some other things trickled in. Are you following me tonight? You see where we're going with this. And so the author here of Hebrews uh, tells us. Now, the first thing that we see, uh, we find it in two, verses 2 and 3. And he gives us uh, an answer uh, that needs to be entertained. Uh, You're in Hebrews. I want you to look at verses 2 and 3. And this is what he says. If I can get to it. My hands don't move quick enough. 
He says, uh, for at the word spoken by angels. Now, already we've alluded to where uh, talked about angels. He's going to talk about angels a little further on in, in the text here as we uh, go throughout uh, this letter. But he says, for the word, if it was spoken by angels, uh, here they had high regard for angels. They understood that the angels were present. The, the angels were the one that presented the law. And we understand that the law uh, was, had, did a good job of revealing sin. Uh, it did a good job of showing you what the penalty if you violated the law was. And if you go back and study Old Testament, you go back to the tabernacle and to the sacrifices that were given. Uh, back then, uh, all their sacrifices could do were cover sin. Okay? They could only cover sin. Didn't remove the sin. Well, how can you say that, Brother Mike? Because they had to keep on bringing the animal sacrifices. They had to keep on coming at the Day of Atonement. Year after year after year, the high priest would go into the Holy of Holies. He had to do that year after year after year. Why? Because those sacrifices could only cover their sin. And so here he's given a contrast. He's trying to say, look how great a salvation that we have. It's not because they've rejected the salvation. It's because they started to neglect some things about their salvation. And so he says uh, that the angels, if you were going to take... Take their word. How much more powerful is the word from the Lord? And then he goes in and shows us a contrast, if you will. He says, okay, these sacrifices could only cover sin, but the sacrifice that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ did when he went to Calvary's tree, that sacrifice not only covered our sin, it forgave our sins. Amen? And so he's saying this is a wonderful, what a great salvation that we have because we no longer have to worry about if we're, uh, that we... Uh, you know, what was sufficient in that sacrifice, is it good enough? I'm telling you what Jesus Christ did on Calvary is good enough. Okay? And he does not have to go back and get up and down and up and up, up and down, up and down, up and down. When Jesus gave his sacrifice, it was a complete sacrifice. Matter of fact, in verse number four, he goes and talks about how great a salvation it is. He helps us to understand. He says, now here's how he's revealed himself. Remember, we talked about it last week that it was by the spoken word. It was by the prophets of old. They were kept on pointing to Jesus. Kept on pointing to Jesus. I want you to know, and I know I've said it many times over, but we need to understand the Old Testament is still relevant for us today. The Old Testament is pointing us to Calvary. The New Testament points us back to Calvary. The word of God, the central theme is the cross of Jesus Christ and the shed blood of Jesus Christ that washed our sins away. Aren't you glad tonight. You don't have to be up and down about yourself. You don't have to have a hope so. You can have a no so. Why? Because of what Jesus Christ did for you and what he did for me was complete. It's a done deal. Amen. So here he says, we got a great salvation. Amen. He said the angels brought the law, but the Lord Jesus brought it all. <laughs> I just came up with that. I thought that was pretty clever myself. That's pretty good though, isn't it? He, he paid it all. All to him I owe. Right? And so he goes and he says, here's the answer. Uh, now, notice here when he talks about salvation, uh, there's some things that we need to learn about salvation. Salvation 
is more than just getting saved. Now, I've heard people say things like, I got saved because I just didn't want to go to hell. Well, that's a good reason. But there's much more to salvation than that. Jesus said it this way. Jesus says, I've come to give abundant life. And I'm telling you, because we've let some things slip by, we've lost some of our blessings. I I want all that God wants to give me. And He's willing to do that, but we have to do our part as well. And, and so here he goes and he says uh, that, uh, that salvation, uh, that the angels, they brought the law, but Jesus uh, came and he confirmed it. He confirmed it by the signs and wonders. Uh, Brother Glenn uh, preached on that about the day of Pentecost and how that's how the early church got started. And so we understand that he uh, did all of that. Uh, then we'll say things like... Um, well, I think more people get saved if, if Jesus was here amongst us. No. No. See, the Bible tells us, Jesus himself saying, he says, it's expedient for me to leave. Why? Because another, which means like, same as, another must come. See, Jesus, when he was in the physical body, he could only be at one place at one time. And that's the reason why he said it's expedient for me to go and to be sitting at the right hand of the Father because that's when the Holy Ghost, Brother Glenn uh, did a wonderful job of explaining that this morning to us. That's when the Holy Ghost set in on the early church and the church has never been the same since. Isn't it amazing that tonight we're preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit is this place. But you can go into places like Seoul, South Korea where I've had the wonderful privilege of going and the full gospel church there, the largest church in the world is located there in Seoul. And, and I remember going and doing crusades in late 80s. It was hot for God over there. People were getting saved. Thousands were getting saved. We had 150 that when we did uh, all the way as far north as you could go uh, to all the way uh, down to uh, Pusan, which is the southern part of the peninsula there. And in uh, two weeks, it was a two-week crusade. We were in churches all in that country and over 7,000 came to know Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. I don't know about you, but I'm sure glad that the Lord Jesus thought it would be expedient for Him to go because now the Holy Spirit is at all places, at all times, It's not restricted anywhere. And the same salvation that we experience is the same salvation that others are experiencing. And we need to understand that no matter what language you speak, the Holy Spirit can speak to you. Now, isn't that good? Now, I'm going to... I have the wonderful privilege of going to places where I had to have an interpreter. Now, I I don't... I'm kind of worried about interpreters sometimes because I would say like like four or five sentences and they would go on for 30 minutes. And I'm thinking, I think they've added something I just said. And people are going and praising the Lord and I said, whatever he's saying must be the right thing. 
I'm glad that we're not restricted. The Holy Spirit can be at all places, at all times. No matter where you go, no matter where I go, the Holy Spirit goes with us. Why? Because the Bible says He has set up residence in us. We got a great salvation. But then we also see, uh, I want to look at Matthew chapter 22, verse number 5. Matthew 22, 5. You all know the story. It's a story about a king. He's throwing a marriage supper or a marriage dinner. And he's inviting people. And he tells his servants, go and invite people. And uh, so uh, they're going out and inviting. And now word comes back that uh, there are some who are not going to come because of some really bizarre things. In other words, these that were getting the invitation took it lightly. They didn't think it was a big deal. Now, I've already said that this text here is not about rejection of salvation. It's about neglecting salvation. See, the Lord Jesus Christ has told us things. He's made some invitations to us. And we've neglected them. Some of you, he said that you need to be serving him. You need to be plugged in somewhere where God can use you. It might be in the nursery. It might be in children's department, wherever it may be. But God has told you that you need to be a servant and you have neglected that invitation. You've taken it too lightly. I started thinking about neglect. Dr. Truitt, who pastored First Baptist Dallas for 47, 48 years. And by the way, that uh, church has uh, historically been uh, the conservative church uh, and one of the larger churches. And uh, Dr. Truitt and then Dr. W.A. Uh, Criswell, uh, they had two pastors in 100 years. Is that not amazing? Two pastors in 100 years. And Dr. Truitt said this about neglect. He says that the world is, uh, is the, the whole world is a battlefield filled with casualties of neglect. A lot of truth to that. See, many of our homes are being busted up because of neglect. Some of your children and our grandchildren are kind of going astray. Could it be because of neglect? We're seeing now that many of our churches that were strong, that preached the word uh, and were very conservative, now uh, they've kind of uh, gone. I, I, my brother, and I'm not going to name uh, his church, but he came by and visited with me just a little while uh, yesterday. and He was burdened about his church. He says, uh, I, I really don't like some of the things going on in my church. His church at one time was very evangelistic, gave an invitation. Every time uh, there was a, uh, any type of a function, any type of a preaching, there was invitation. He says, we don't give invitations all the time now. Why? Because we've taken it too lightly. We started neglecting some things. Church, we need to be very cautious and we need to be very careful that we don't neglect the little things. Because the little things will turn into be big deals. And that's the reason why many of our churches, it didn't come overnight. It came just like when we lived in Florida. And I always mispronounce this river, and, uh, but the Itchnetuckney. Okay, if y'all can do better, go ahead. 
And, and it's a little river, and uh, they have these large inner tubes, and you can float down the Ichnatukni. And I'm making up. It's really the name of the river. And it just, you just kind of float down away. See, that's what happens, does it not? We just kind of get comfortable, kind of get used to the water, and we just kind of drift away. And the next thing we know, we don't even see the shoreline. And so here we see that there's a question. Uh, he's, uh, the problem that the children of Israel had was not getting them out of Egypt. The biggest burden that Moses had was getting Egypt out of the people. My granddaddy would say it like this. My daddy grew up in Hampshire. Now I know ever, not, not New Hampshire, you can tell I'm from the north, right? Uh, uh, Hampshire, which is a little south of Columbia. Uh, let me give you a better direction. It's close to Kulioka. Or Kulioka. Okay, give me a better perspective. It's close to Summertown. Mount Pleasant. Though you're looking at me and say, he's just making all this stuff up. My granddaddy lived in Cross Bridges. It's country, okay? Country. My daddy used to tell me, we, we moved, when I was three years old, we moved to Nashville. And my daddy would say numerous times, he says, I'm just an old country boy. You can take the boy out of the country, but you can't take the country out of the boy. A lot of truth to that. See, here's the problem. The problem is not rejecting salvation, the problem is neglecting salvation. And so here we see in the text here uh, that he says that we need to be very careful. We need to be paying close attention. Hebrews is a book that's making a call to hear again. To hear again. We live in the Bible Belt. Many of us uh, grew up in the church and uh, you've been in church and, uh, and all that. And, and I've been told that the hardest people to reach are church folk. I see the hardest people to reach with the gospel are church folk. Because they think they got it all together. They've heard, I've heard, oh, I've heard all that before, preacher. Oh, I've heard about the rapture. I've heard about this and all that. And what has happened is we just went ahead and took it and, and go with the flow, go through the mechanics, and we've lost and we let some things slip by. And then we wake up one day and thinking, well, how do we get in this mess? Didn't happen overnight. It was a gradual, gradual decline. So here uh, he tells us that uh, there is such a great salvation. See, he's reminding them of what they have in the Lord Jesus Christ. See, salvation, uh, there's three aspects of that, if you will. Uh, there's being born again and uh, being regenerated. But then also uh, we use the word sanctification. I like to say it like this to the kids. That's growing up in Jesus. That's maturing in your faith. See, that's where we struggle. We struggle with that part. Now, there's the third, which is glorification. 
And we get all happy and we all praise uh, and say, I can't wait, I can't wait to get to heaven and all that. And that's all well and good. But I'm telling you, there's some things that need to be taking place before we get there. And, and we need to be maturing in our faith. I don't care how long you've been saved. You still have something to learn from the Lord Jesus Christ. And so here, uh, he, as we see it, uh, notice now in verse number 1. And, and uh, he tells us, here's the answer. Here's the reason why he's heeding the call. Here's the reason why he's burdened for these folks. In verse number 1, he, he goes and he says, therefore. Now, what's the Therefore. It's therefore, which means you go back to what we uh, talked about last Sunday, about that he's a holy God. He's a just God. He demands all of our worship and all of our praise and, and all that. And he says, and therefore, because of that, we ought to give the more earnest heed. In other words, we need to be paying close attention. I heard about it. I've been told this is a true story. I believe it was somewhere in England. A man was having a hearing issue. So he went to his doctor. And the doctor says, well, what what brings you here today? And he says, I can't hear. He says, well, uh, I think the last time that you came, uh, you had that same problem. But didn't we fit you for a hearing aid? He says, yes, you sure do. He says, are you wearing your hearing aid? He says, yes, I am. And so the doctor started looking and uh, he took the hearing aid out. And the man says, well, praise the Lord. Thank you so much. I can hear again. The man had it in the wrong ear. (laughs) See, sometimes we're like that in the church. We think we hear it, but we really don't pay close attention. One of the things that uh, I've struggled with, and here again, I'm I'm not upset. I I just I struggle with this, but I I struggle when um, when we come into our service and we ought to be uh, joking. I now enjoy visiting with people and and all of that. Uh, but and, and, and I'm not discounting that. We need to do that. Probably need to do a little bit more than that. And so I'll try to get my Sunday school class out in time so we can get here a little early and greet people and have some fellowship time. But uh, when uh, we uh, start to, in many of our services, and here lately, praise the Lord, we've been opening up with baptisms. And uh, here's the, one of the things that kind of concerns me is that have we gotten so comfortable with seeing people getting saved that it really doesn't mean all that much to us anymore unless it happens to be a family member. Because we're still doing our little talking. We're still kind of going trying to find our seats. Now, I, I'm not fussing, but I, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm concerned that are we really... Are we really paying attention to why we're here? Here again, I'm not discounting fellowship time, but we need to be kind of be finding our seats and we need to start getting focused on what God has in store for us that day. And we ought to pay close attention to what takes place up there. Our pastor has alluded to it many times over, but here again, maybe we got the hearing aid in the wrong ear. And, and, and we've gotten so used to it. We do understand when someone gets in those waters what that represents, don't we? I mean, this is a life that's been changed by the power of God. 
It's somebody that was on their way to hell, but glory to God, they're now bound for heaven. It's someone that was down and out, and now they've been picked up by the mercies and, and then the grace and the love of our Lord and Jesus Christ. Many of you, if nothing else, it ought to remind you of what Jesus did in your heart that one day, that one night, when you gave your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. I, I can remember it like it was yesterday. I got saved on a Friday night. I couldn't wait. I couldn't wait to get to church. I got to church a little bit early uh, there at Altaloma to merge with a, uh, another church now. It's Faith Baptist there in the Rivergate area. Uh, Brother Gerald Smith was a pastor there. Godly man, good conservative man. He's gone on to be with the Lord uh, Jesus now, but he's the one that led me to the, to the Lord. And I'll never forget that man. I will never forget that man because I was lost. I was on my way to hell, but he took time. He paid close attention and showed the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I got saved on a Friday night. There I am on Sunday. I'm up there and I'm chomping at the beat. I'm saying, hurry up, preacher. Hurry up, preacher. Hurry up, preacher. I got to get down there and I got to let people know what happened on a Friday night. And so as, when he gets up and he says, we are now going. And as soon as he says going, I didn't wait. So we're going to invitation. I was already down there. Why? Because something wonderful had happened in my life. Jesus changed my life. And I couldn't, the next Sunday, I was baptized. I couldn't wait to be baptized. Folks, I'm telling you, it ought to, if nothing else, what, whoever's up there ought to thrill us until we're afraid. I've got to get me a good seat because I don't want to miss out on this because I'm witnessing a wonderful picture of what Jesus Christ has done in somebody's life. Now, do you understand what I'm talking about when we start to neglect and we're letting things drift away? But then he goes and we see that not only are we letting things drip, uh, uh, slide and drift, whatever the word usage you want to be uh, talking about, but he says, lest any time we should be, we should let them. Did you see the word should? See, this is a choice. You have a choice. You can either pay close attention or you can let some things slip away. It, it's, it's all on us. Jesus has done everything he's supposed to. He's given us his word. He, he's, he's given us signs and miracles. Wait a minute, brother. My, oh, I ain't seen no miracle. Lately. Have you, uh, this morning we saw a miracle. See, for some reason we're thinking when he talks about signs and wonders and miracles, we're thinking about the real big thing, you know, where the, oh, I mean, the big stuff, you know, like parting of the Red Sea. Now that is a miracle, I'll grant you that. Or, or that when he raised Lazarus from the dead, I'll, I'll give that to you, that's a miracle as well. But may I remind you that when somebody gets saved, that's a miracle as well. Because that, that we had this old nature that didn't have to, anything to do with God, didn't want to know anything about God. We were depraved. The Bible says that we, there was none good, no, not one. It said that our righteousness were like filthy rags. And then because of the miracle, the wonder-working miracle of the Lord Jesus Christ, Holy 
Holy Spirit came in, started to convict us of our sin, and we started to realize that we were left undone, and I needed a Savior, and I dropped down to my knees, and I cried out to the Holy One, and I said, Lord, forgive me of my sins. I confess my sins. I repent of my sins. Lord, would you come into my heart? Would you come in and set residence in me? And then when I got off my knees, I was a brand new man. I was a new creature in Christ. I'm telling you, that's a miracle from God. And here, could it be that we've neglected that and we really just don't get worked up over that anymore? I can take you to a number of churches that were good churches. Churches where people were getting saved. And through the course of time, they let some things slip by to where now they're dying on the vine. Now, I don't care what church growth and all those other so-called experts say, but what you need to do is go in there and you need to revitalize. You, you need to do something new. And by the way, that's the, a lot of the contemporary work is being done with churches that were established churches that let some things slip by and neglected some things and they said, we got a brand new program. And may I also remind you that many of them are Reformed theology guys. I look and think about the churches in this town and I'm not pointing fingers and I'm not here to do that. But we get all kind of worked up and saying, well, well, this one's going, this one's going. We got a church on every corner, man. Well, you know, okay. But yet, we have an epidemic of drugs in this community. We have people dying every day because of heroin overdoses. We have families that are busting up. We have children that have been neglected and abused. Children's services are having to come and they're having to hire more case workers because of the need that's going around. Uh, we shouldn't get so worked up just because we have a church on every corner. May I remind you that basically what we're doing is we just swap people around. I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not angry. I'm just telling you. We're not baptizing nowhere near what we used to. And I'm not just talking about our church. I'm talking about every church in this town. So, we're, well, they're growing. They're growing because they're lettering them in. They've moved from Illinois or California or somewhere like that, and they were already a member of a church, and they just moved their membership. Why is that? Because we've neglected some things. We've let some things slip by. Now, I want you to understand what he's talking about here. Uh, in John, in John chapter 7, verse number 38, it says that if you, believe, if you believe upon me, Jesus speaking, he says, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. Now, watch this. What's he talking about? Here's the picture that he's painting. He says that we are to be living water, right? 
We're supposed to be flowing with living water. We've talked about that. and You know my burden that we need. And in Sunday school, we talked about in Colossians where it talks about our speech and about how we should season our speech with salt and also season it with grace. And we talked about how you knew it in a go and you may disagree with somebody. and Somebody may be totally out in left field. Uh, and we talked about, you know, it's probably not wise for you to go up and just point your finger and say, you're a dirty, rotten sinner. You're going to hell because you believe like that. And then we turn around and say, why don't you come to my church? Oh, yeah, you're going to get them coming to your church. Folks, just because we disagree and because there are some, there are some heresies out there and there, there are those who profess to be atheists and what happens to us though, that Satan gets us all rubbed up and what we want to do, we want to fight them. What do you mean there ain't no God? I'll show you ain't no God. Oh yeah, oh yeah, you're going to win somebody like that. Colossians says, season your speech with salt. What does salt? Salt seasons and preserves. And then he also said, you can tell them the truth, but tell them in love. See, we are living water to a dry and dusty land. And what happens is, we're missing so many opportunities because we've let some things drift by us. Here's the picture. I'm taking you back to Itchnatuckney. By the way, if you know where Fort White, High Springs, uh, Florida, if you're going to Gainesville, home of the University of Florida, Gators, fighting Gators, thought we had to throw that in there. Might be a long season for us. So, but as you go, there's that river. You can stay on the. You can stay right there on the side, and you can watch people just kind of drift down while they're having fun. And for whatever reason, you don't want to get out into that deeper water. Here's what the picture that I perceive. Too many of us have been comfortable with getting our feet in the water, but we don't want to step out into the deep of the water. The Bible says that's where the living water flows. And you have missed and I have missed many opportunities to be blessed because we didn't want to get into the deep water. And it slipped by us. Brother Travis, I got excited and I told him this morning, that song, remember we sang it this morning, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. I said, man... The man that wrote that hymn is a man by the name of Robert Robertson. Mr. Robert wrote that hymn, later on became a pastor. God used him in a a very special way, but over the course of time, he neglected some things. He let some things slip by, and he gets totally out of the ministry. Well, he's thinking, what am I going to do? So he thought, I need to go travel. So he's starting to travel around. In one of his uh, traveling experiences, he met a, a, a young lady who was a, a godly woman, and they're starting to have conversation. And he starts sharing with her about, you know, he's, he's let some things uh, slip by. He's neglected some things. And he told her about how he used to pastor a church and all that. And she says, oh, she says, look, I've been reading this hymn. 
I've been reading this hymn, and I, and I just want you to read it. I think maybe this will help you. So she goes and uh, wherever uh, she had to go, and she finds a copy of this hymn that she had been reading. She says, this really encouraged me. It's helped me in my faith walk. And she hands it to him, and it was the hymn that he had wrote some years back. He starts tearing up, starts pouring his heart out to her, and she stops him and he says, I understand But that line where it says, in streams of mercy, she said those streams are still flowing. You just had to get in. Isn't that good? You're here tonight. We're not talking about rejection of your salvation. We're talking about neglecting your salvation. I'm not talking about that you've done some horrible thing. I'm talking about it's just those little things that you've let slip by. It could be that you're Devotion life is not what it used to be. You used to look forward to that and you would either get up in the mornings and have your time with the Lord or you do it uh, in the evening when everything's quietened down. But you don't uh, seem to uh, be doing that anymore. You haven't been intentional on that. It's just some things that you've neglected. Maybe you've been teaching and uh, you used to work all week on your lesson. You start on Monday to get ready for Sunday, but now life has evolved. The kids are uh, getting all kinds of activities, and uh, you're just not studying your lesson like you ought to, and now you're cramming on a Sunday night. You're trying to cram it all in, and uh, you just neglected some things. Maybe you have served... You used to work the nursery. You used to help in children's. You used to be a listener in Awana. Uh, you used to uh, do a number of things here, but now you've kind of backed off of that, and you didn't do it because you were upset with anybody. You just kind of, you would say things, well, you know, I just kind of got a little busy. You've neglected some things. Your age. One of the things is I go to the... Uh, uh, senior adult luncheons and I go to the senior citizens and uh, go over the Southern Manor and uh, I always like to encourage our uh, senior adults because I really believe with all my heart that our senior adults are still valuable and I think they can still be used of God. Amen. But you bring the age thing up. You just neglected some things. Now, I understand you have limitations. I I understand about limitations. But you can still do something for God. And you just let some things kind of slip by. Whatever, we could spend the rest of this evening talking about how we've neglected some things. Just little things. But those little things have now started to add up. You don't get as passionate as you used to. You used to witness witness. 